Brick for the discount. M-E-A-T, upvegas.com. Code JT Brick. Books are far more than pages and words. They are made of hopes, dreams, and endless possibilities. Subaru loves learning. That's why Finley's Subaru of Las Vegas is collecting gently used and new books now through August 31st. Books will be donated to local Title I schools. Finley's Subaru of Las Vegas believes that the power of reading is a gift that can expand our knowledge and open our eyes to new adventures. Together we can make a difference in a child's life by donating one book at a time. SubaruofLasVegas.com and the license 80634. Step off the ice and get into the heat. Steam up your kitchen, bath, and spa remodel with Minions Construction. Affordable and luxurious. Incredible transformations. Relax and enjoy the Minion style. Feel like a celebrity without spending a million. Be a millionaire. For a free design consultation, call 702-MINIONS or visit us at minionsconstruction.com. Wake up to the latest news from the Raiders and around the NFL with Rich and Clay. Weekday mornings at 7 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Good Raider Nation. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Thursday. The Raiders had uh, a well-deserved day off, and they picked probably a good day to take the day off. It is hot outside uh, in Las Vegas today. Last I checked, it was uh, pushing around 113 or so, 112, 113. Yeah, uh, that's pretty darn hot. Uh, But they'll be back at it tomorrow on Friday. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, another day off on Monday. Uh, and beginning tomorrow, presumably, we're going to be able to chat, get a chance to see uh, Gerald McCoy in a Raider uniform. The Raiders made that official uh, by signing the former, uh, the six-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, former Cowboy, former Carolina Panther, longtime Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, Gerald McCoy signed uh, uh, by the Raiders on Wednesday night. And I think, I'm hoping, that we're going to get our first look uh, at McCoy uh, tomorrow, but you know, with COVID nineteen protocols, all that kind of stuff, uh, not quite sure if he's going to be out there. Uh, but sooner or later, we're going to get a good look at Gerald McCoy, and I think that's what the Raiders want to get uh, a good look at. Uh, does he come in here and move somebody off the roster instantaneously? I can't say that. Uh, I think they want to take a look at him. I want to see. They want to see what he has left in the tank. If he has anything left in the tank, it sounds like he had a great workout uh, this week at. Raiders headquarters, which is exactly where I am right now, uh, and definitely showed them enough to say, hmm, let's get him out here and put him in training camp uh, with everybody else and see exactly what he does have left and if there's something uh, there that he can help uh, contribute and can be an asset for this defensive line uh, with the Raiders. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And, you know, you talk to anyone you talk to about Gerald McCoy, this is a class act. Uh, this is a leader. This is a guy with a great personality. This is a guy who has played at a high level for a long time. This is a guy that uh, seems to be a willing leader, somebody that uh, likes to impart his knowledge uh, to those around him, uh, a guy that does that in a, uh, in a kind of a good way, not 
uh, one of those guys that runs around trying to uh, beat you over the head uh, with his resume. Uh, but I think it kind of, kind of comes organically and national and, and naturally. And I think that sort of way about him, and a lot of people describe him as such, is going to fit well uh, in this Raiders locker room. I've been super impressed. I know I've talked about this uh, for a little while now, or ever since training camp started, and really going back to OTAs, really impressed with the character level uh, in this building, uh, on this team. And i got to give John Gruden and Mike Mayock a lot of credit. They've talked about that very thing, about building around Players with strong character, strong work ethic, uh, guys who want to play football, guys who love football. And, you know, I go back to 2019 um, when I got a look at the Raiders, uh, the beginning of that season when I was a beat writer for, uh, for the Athletic covering Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams went up to Napa Valley to practice against the Raiders. And in training camp, played them in the in the preseason, and you just saw the roster at that point. And yes, Darren Waller uh, was kind of blown up at that point. Like, who the heck is this guy? Uh, you saw Josh Jacobs, you saw Max Crosby, you saw Clee Farrell, uh, some of the Trayvon Mullen, some of these young players of that 2019 draft class. You saw a future. You saw um, you know a level of a foundation uh, that could be built for 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 the future. But by and large, Derek, obviously Derek Carr. Uh, was there um, and, you know, unquestioned leader of this team. But, you know, once you got past a certain, you know, uh, group of players, it was pretty obvious that the Raiders had a lot of holes uh, all over the um, the roster. And it was on John Gruden, and I think that was really the first year uh, where, you know, the rebuild started. Uh, you, you back up to 2018, his first year here uh, with the Raiders, and I think it was let's see what's this roster looks like. Let's see what it is that I have to work with. Um, and then base your decisions at the end of that season or, or in, in some cases during that season on what you're seeing. And, you know, I don't think there's any question uh, based on how many moves have happened since then, how uh, unbelievably this roster has turned over uh, since then. And I don't think there, there's any question that John Gruden looked at what he had in 2018 and said, it's a lot of work that needs to be done, a whole lot of work that needs to be done. And I think the bulk of that work started with that draft in 2019 and that uh, undrafted free agent class of 2019. And it's been ongoing ever since. And there's been a mandate. There's been a edict. There's been a standard that the Raiders have tried to set amongst themselves in the decision-making uh, part of the building that basically says no knuckleheads, you know, good character guys, guys that want to play football, guys that uh, have a work ethic, guys that are self-starters, guys that you don't have to, you know, kick in the butt time and time and time and time, and time again uh, to get going. And I think that, you know, that mandate and what they were looking for, and I've talked to Mike Mayock about this, and he's said flat out, look, I know you might laugh at me, you might say that it's a cliche, you might say that it's a bunch of hot air when we're sitting here talking uh, about character and um, you know work ethic and good people, guys that want to play football, but I believe in it. You know, This is Mike Mayock talking about it. I believe in it, and I feel it's important. And I, you know, in, in any conversations that I've had with Mike Mayock, I, I agreed with him. I wholeheartedly agreed with him. I've seen it. 
you know, I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I have a long time involved in professional sports on all sorts of different levels. And um, there's, there's a characteristic that is prevalent on winning teams, and it is good character. It is work ethic. It is great leadership. It is being able to self-police. It is being able to, um, you know, not have the coach tell you that you got to get it going. You know, sometimes you do. We all have bad days. But typically, by and large, day in and day out, guys that get it from the get-go and don't need to be urged and pushed and prodded uh, to do the basic stuff, the, the, the work ethic. And um, you look at this, this team from top to bottom now, which has been completely overturned. Uh, it includes, obviously, 2019, the, the class of 2020, uh, the new draft class, some of the players that they've brought in. There's a common characteristic, and it sort of permeates throughout this team. And that great character uh, is, is prevalent. You just see it. Will it translate to wins and more wins and all that? We're going to find out. Uh, but I, to me, I can't question that end of it. It's not going to be for lack of tri- trying. It's not going to be for lack of professionalism. It's not going to be for lack of dedication uh, or commitment. That's not going to be the reason why the Raiders have any you know, uh, uh, failures uh, moving forward. It won't be. And uh, I give John Gruden and I give Mike, credit, Mike Mayock a lot of credit for making sure that that's what they've populated this building with. And we're going to hear John Gruden talking about his observations of that. But before we do, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider 27 is on the line. How you doing, brother? Hey, Vinny. What's going on? Um, I just saw a thing on Twitter that the Raiders have cut Jalen Richard. Is that true? I have not seen that, and I don't believe that that's t- uh, the case. Uh, I will I will double-check that. But last I uh, checked in, which was about an hour ago, um, he was expected to miss about two weeks with a, uh, uh, I think it's a foot injury, uh, but I haven't heard that he got cut or anything like that. Well, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I mean, you can't keep everybody forever. And it looks like our running back room is pretty well stacked. I mean, we've got... When when Josh Jacobs says it reminds him of Alabama, I I would think that's a pretty good running back room. Yeah, I completely agree, and it and it definitely is. Uh, it, it's on the deep side, and that includes Jalen Richard. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if uh, if they cut him. And like I said, I I checked in about an hour ago, a little bit over an hour ago, because you know obviously uh, there were some reports. Uh, that Jalen was hurt, and you know, uh, you know, when I say that I talk to people that are in the know, I, you know, that, that kind of goes without saying, and just take that uh, for what it's worth. And uh, the only thing that I heard was that he might miss a couple of weeks. So um, it doesn't sound like they were, uh, you know, that, that he, if if they were getting ready to release him, I think I would have heard that by now. But hey, I could be wrong. I'll check around uh, and check to see, um, you know, what that's all about. But I would expect. Um, Jalen Richard is going to be a um, you know part of this part of this running back room. Think about it; they just lost Theo Reddick uh, to retirement, a guy that the Raiders really liked uh, and and felt like was really good in the room, really good uh, on the field, a, a great asset uh, to have, and somebody that they could depend on. Uh, it would surprise me if uh, if Jalen uh, Richard. I know people talk about the the three million dollars and whatnot, but that's 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 all done with basically as far as it's no longer free agency. It's no longer the draft. Um, you know, the, the budget is what the budget is. The salary cap is what the salary cap is. Uh, it's time to roll with, you know, 
everybody that's under, uh, under contract. You're not trying to make room uh, to make a big move. You're not trying to shed any salary, um, you know, because of for free agency purposes. Uh, I think he's on the roster to stay, but I'll, I'll double check to make sure. Anything else? Can I ask one more question? Yeah, Danny? for sure. Um, I saw that KJ Wright was in the building in the last, and yep. Xavier Howard is out there and available. Um, do you think the Raiders are close enough to go all in to get a couple players like that and say, "We're here, we're ready to go. We think we're two a couple players away on our defense from going deep into the playoffs." Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh... A, a guy like Howard, you're talking about the Miami Dolphins uh, uh, cornerback. Um, I don't know if they're going to make that kind of a big, uh, you know, as big uh, of an investment because he's going to want a lot of money, and um, and 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 you know that's that whole situation's got to get sorted out. Uh, but I, I think that they're they're at this point. I know that they like Trayvon Mullen, and I think he's on the verge of pretty special things. I think they really like Damon Arnett, um, but you know he's got to he's got to make his move here in the second year. They've they've got a, a, a great addition in, in Casey Hayward for at least a year uh, to help maybe bridge that gap, um, you know that whatever gap that uh, Damon Arnett uh, or, or, or Bridget uh, to where he's going to be eventually. Um, so so I don't know I don't know if the timing is right necessarily, um, you know to to go out and make a big splurge and pay a whole bunch of money at that position when they feel like right now uh, they're, 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 they're in a good place at cornerback and could be in a really good place uh, if, if Damon uh, Arnett, you, you know, ends up being who they felt he was going to be when they drafted him 19th overall last year. And I think they want to give that a little bit more time. They have Casey Hayward, uh, who's not just an insurance policy. He's probably going to start. Uh, and it allows Damon Arnett to kind of come along at a more moderate pace uh, get on the field. He's definitely going to get on the field. I don't see that not happening. There's plenty of opportunities for for Damon Arnett to get a role, to have a role. Uh, but you know, um, to to say that that's the position that they would target to go get somebody, uh, you know, on a, on a big investment. Not quite sure that would be where they were going. And then plus, again, you know, they are up against it on the salary cap right now, so they would have to do some maneuvering uh, to go get a player like that. But if you're talking about ne- no. I'll say this: as currently as it currently stands, uh, the Raiders, I think, are fifty million dollars or so under the projected salary cap next year. So, I would think that next off season uh, is a, is will be an opportunity for them uh, to really make a, um, a a bold statement potentially at a couple of positions in free agency that they feel like, hey, this is how close we're right there, and we need this or that. Uh, to get us really over the hump or, or to help us get to where we really want to be. And maybe at that point, you make a big investment, whatever the position might be, whatever position they deem is, is the heavy uh, one of, of emphasis. But right now, I think that they are, are fairly uh, okay with what they have. You know, Gerald McCoy is a guy that kind of fell into their lap a little bit. Uh, I think that they want to get a good look at him, and, and why not uh, at this point if, he, if he's got something left in the tank? You know, then obviously he has a chance to really contribute. He got hurt last year. That was the reason why uh, he didn't, uh, you know, uh, produce like he normally does. But you go back a year uh, beyond that, and he, he played perfectly fine uh, two years ago. So if he can get that injury back under control and if he's healthy, uh, then, you know, he might be able to contribute. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be a starting player. Um, I think they're pretty cool with what they have 
as far as Quinton Jefferson and Jonathan Hankins as the starting defensive tackles, interior, interior defensive linemen. But not a bad deal to have a Gerald McCoy, and especially how the defensive line right now is constructed with the uh, four-man rotations. You've got, you know, uh, as it stands, Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe as the starting defensive ends. Then you've got uh, Jefferson and Hankins as the interior defensive linemen. And then all of a sudden, after you know a certain amount of reps, here comes the next four-man rotation, Carl Nassib, Cleve Farrell, Solomon Thomas, uh, Darius Phylon, or, or, or Max Dickerson. And, you know, we'll have to see where, where Gerald McCoy uh, fits in. Does he, does he move Solomon Thomas aside? Is it, is it Phylon or Matt Dickerson uh, whose, whose job he uh, comes gunning for? You know, we'll see. Or is he more of a rotational piece uh, than a set guy on one of the rotations? Um, it, that remains to be seen. But first and foremost, Gerald McCoy has got to get out there and practice and show them on a day-in, day-out basis that he's still got something left in the tank, and I wouldn't bet on him, against him, I should say. I would not bet against him uh, in that regard because as early as two years ago, and he's only, what, 31, 32 years old, he's still uh, at, a, at a decent age. Uh, if properly used and managed and uh, load management and all that kind of good stuff, if he goes back to that form that he had two years ago, he's going to help without question. Um, so uh, we'll keep an eye on him. Hopefully we'll be able to get a, a good look at him this weekend. Um, I would imagine that he's going to be on the field at some point. Uh, looking forward to seeing big Gerald McCoy in a Raiders uniform. But getting back to what we were talking about uh, just before the call, and thanks for the call, Raider 27, uh, the way the you know Mike Mayock and John Gruden have gone about building this team, uh, and, and obviously you look at talent, the talent or, or where they went for talent, uh, you know, Alabama, in, in multiple cases, Clemson in multiple cases, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, where, you know, Alec Ingold and LSU, uh, places like that, they went to places where talent is everywhere you look. John Gruden talked about it a couple days ago when we were talking about it. people accused me of playing or, or, or uh, liking Alabama players. Well, gosh, every time I turn the dang TV on, they're whooping somebody's butt. Like, that's what they do. You don't just do that great coaching, of course. Nick Saban is a Hall of Fame, you know, uh, football coach. But <laughs> look at the talent he's brought in. They're winning because they have great talent. Nick Saban's the same darn coach that he was at Michigan State, losing to, you know, Notre Dame and falling, you know, and, and, and being a, a good program in the, in the Big Ten, but not the program in the Big Ten. Why do you think that is? You think Nick Saban... Uh, was just a bad coach at Michigan State. No, he didn't have the level of talent that he has uh, at Alabama. And I give him all the credit because recruiting is a big part of coaching and being a college coach, obviously. And guys are want to guys players are want are going to want to go where they feel like they're going to get great coaching and be a part of a winning culture and uh, have a chance to then go on to the next level, get the kind of preparation you need uh, to go to the next level. Uh, but you know that kind of that was he had to sort of get Alabama back to that point where he was able to attract that much talent. Like there, Alabama doesn't necessarily recruit; they pick. You know, we want you, we want you, we want you, we want you, we want you. That's the level that they're at right now. Uh, and so when you talk to John Gruden and you talk about his infatuation with Alabama players and Clemson players, well, of course, why not? Who wouldn't want? To go there to go get uh, you know players to put on their on the roster, and I'll, I'll say this too. Um, in in addition to the talent, and this is the the whole uh, this is what the point I'm trying to make. 
in addition to going someplace where you're obviously going to get talent and talent at the highest level. But, you know, a guy like Nick Saban, he's not going to put up with knuckleheads. You think he's going to – why would he? He doesn't have to. When we say that he picks and chooses uh, guys that he wants to come to Alabama, once they're at Alabama, if there's any sense of, you know, dog in a guy or knucklehead in a guy, he's got another guy right behind him that's as good, if not better. He doesn't have to waste his time with that kind of nonsense. So if you stick it out at Alabama and you make it to the to to, to that third year or so, um, you, you've earned it. And and if you're out there performing and performing at a high level, you've beaten out like a bunch of four or five star recruits and a bunch of other good dudes to get there. So it's of course you're going to look to Alabama uh, when it comes to to the draft and free agency um, to go get players. Uh, that doesn't mean there aren't great players all over the country, but that's not a bad starting point. So, um, and when that that connection uh, between the talent and the person, it's 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 imperative. It's critical because if you're if you don't have the person, the good person part of it, it doesn't matter how talented somebody is, because at some point along the way, the bad person in that combination is going to sabotage and curtail and sometimes just completely blow up the great player aspect of it. If you when you can get both and I think that's what the Raiders have been trying to do for the you know since John Gruden got here when you can combine both talent, great dude, great work ethic, self-starter, loves football, doesn't need to be prodded, doesn't need to be coached up on the commitment part of it, the dedication part of it. When you can combine those two, then you have the ideal kind of a player. And it's not always going to work out, and sometimes one or the other is going to fool you. Uh, sometimes the guy is not going to be as talented as you thought. Sometimes the guy is not going to be as sturdy of a person as you thought, and that happens. You can't, you know, it's not, this isn't, a, uh, you don't bat a thousand in terms of scouting and in terms of trying to pick the right players, whether it's for talent or, or character purposes. Uh, but the more that's, but the uh, when that is your mandate, the more you make sure that you stick with that mandate and don't deviate from that standard, the more great players and great people you're going to get. And when we get back, we'll hear John Gruden talking about what he's seeing on that end of things from what is still a very young football team, but a team that has caught his eye in a very, very important way. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Same message as last year and every year. You know, you got to go all out. You know, I'm not going to get too deep and philosophical after first day of pads. But, uh, you know, we all got to be on the same page. You know, we've got a great group of guys. The energy level is extreme. And um, we've got good veteran leadership on this team. I like the culture here better than any of the teams I've had in a long time or been a part of. That's John Gruden talking about what we were talking about earlier, and that's culture and um, work ethic and, you know, being able, having reliable people. That's what it ultimately comes down to, reliability, having reliable people. Do you have a business you, when, you, when you're at your job? 
you know, the guy that doesn't show up half the time or, or you, know, uh, you know, is always late, missing time, doesn't call when he's, you know, uh, doesn't let people know, you know, that he's not going to be there the next day, you know, um, or underperforms. Half, you know, what's it while he's out there? I mean, you know, when 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 you take your job seriously, and you work with people that, or some people that don't, doesn't it just piss you off a little bit? Like you know what you're putting into it, right? And we all have, we all have bad days sometimes, um, but uh, but but it, it it drives you nuts, and and you want to as an employer, a, a business, a football team. Uh, you want to surround yourself and put as, as many people in your workforce uh, that are re- as reliable, self-starters, professional. It's just – it makes for just a better work environment. And football, f- professional teams, it's no different than any other workplace. And I think that the Raiders uh, have mandated to themselves to focus on the reliability, the character uh, part of it just as much as they have on the talent level, and I think it's starting to pay off. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Our good friend Jesse Merrick uh, is joining us from uh, Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the local N- NBC affiliate. Uh, Jesse, first of all, thanks for joining us and spending some time with us in the huddle, but uh, we're talking about character and culture and all those you know uh, phrases that, that fans probably get sick of hearing about but I think are critically important, and I feel like the Raiders, you know, have have told themselves and promised themselves that that's what they were going to focus on, in addition to talent, obviously. And they weren't; they were going to try not to deviate from that and try to build this team with as many of those good people uh, as possible. Obviously, they still have to play some football as well. Uh, but I don't know. I your impressions, my impressions so far are that they've that they've done a pretty good job in that regard. It might not show up on the win-loss column. We'll see about all that. Uh, but I think they're in a good place as far as the character and the culture part of it. Yeah, I 100% agree, man. I mean, I remember when Mayock had his first press conference in the first draft that they went through with him and Gruden, they did say that, that they were going to bring in, like, quality players that also had talent. And I do think they've done that. Obviously, they had a little bit of a hiccup with the Trent Brown, Antonio Brown, and Vontez Burfecht, those signings and stuff like that. But other than that, in terms of the draft, I mean, they've, they've gotten guys that have come in and gotten to work. Obviously, they had the hiccup last year um, uh, with the guy that they traded to Miami, blanking on his name right now. But, um, you know, that was, a, that was a little bit of a hiccup there. But for the most part, everyone Lynn Bowden Jr. There you go, Lynn Bowden <laughs> Jr., yeah. The guys that they brought in, for the most part, have been those guys that have come in and carried the torch. You know, you've seen Unique Ngakwe come in, and he's, he's been a workman type of guy coming in right from the get-go. Uh, and has clearly taken on that leadership role early on. And then you're, you're seeing that draft class uh, also take on more of a leadership role with the guys like Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, Jonathan Abram. They are carrying the torch more, and they're taking ownership. And you've heard them say, look, we're tired of it. We're gonna, we want to win. We want to get to the playoffs and get over the hump. And, and they're taking ownership for their mistakes and things like that. And I think that's where, you know, in crunch time, that stuff comes up big because when the game's on the line, you're tired, all these things, like you're going to revert back to who you truly are. And if you're truly a good person, someone that's going to be there for your teammates, that's what you're going to do in those times. If you're not, it's going to be me, me, me. How can I do whatever's going to bring me the most? Uh, and as cliche as all that may sound, it's true. And those are the guys you can count on late in the game. 
You know, and when you when you mentioned the Antonio Browns and and some of the others that may have not worked out for the very reasons that they're trying to avoid, um, it, it sometimes that just reaffirms why you want to build it with good people to begin with. And sometimes you need that little wake up call. You you sometimes feel like you can you can uh, deviate from that a little bit, and you get slapped around uh, with the reality of it, and you're like, you know what? That's why we're trying to avoid those kind of players. So, uh, and it looks like for the most part, that's exactly what they're doing. And, and you know, you bring up Unique Ngakwe. Uh, been watching him in practice, how he carries himself, uh, how hard he works, uh, how willing he is to kind of be a uh, a leader and a sounding board uh, for other players. Uh, I'm really anxious to see him on the football field in in live action. Uh, because I think that's the ultimate uh, way that he's going to help this football team. But thus far, uh, just being that leader, being somebody that obviously can, he, he looks the part, uh, what are your thoughts so far on the new def- defensive end for the Raiders? Yeah, I've been impressed thus far. I mean, I, I said it in OTAs when he showed up, like just in shorts and a jersey and a helmet, the guy looks different out there. He looks different than any other player they have. And then you see him get off the line. He's got that get-off that's unbelievable. You know, every time they're doing the get-off drills among the starting uh, D-line and they shuffle through it all, you know, Unique's always beating everybody. He's beating Max. Obviously, he's beaten, you know, the other guys along the offensive or along the defensive line with him and Hankins and Quentin Jefferson. If he wasn't beating them, that'd be a big problem. But he's beaten Max, and Max is that guy that's got that nonstop motor. So you see it in, in him getting off the line. I have noticed, obviously, and this is a knock on him in, in run defense, you know, uh, that's where he's lacking. And I've noticed that he does get kicked out a bit, but he's working on setting that edge and trying to get better at that. I've seen him clearly doing that with the coaches and talking through it and things like that. And even the coaches have gone after him sometimes in, in team run and things like that. I've heard him kind of chirping him a bit. So clearly it's something that everyone's kind of watching and they want to see him expand to his game. But from a pass rushing standpoint, the guy is a twitchy athlete that has come every bit the part of, of what Raider Nation and what the Raiders expect him to be. And I am excited to see what he does in live action against somebody other than a Raider, other than somebody else wearing a Raiders jersey, because I'm excited to see that explosiveness and, you know, the simple fact that he is just built different uh, than a lot of the other people you see in this game. Uh, I'm completely with you, and I think that it's um, not that it needed to be, not that that needed to rub off on Max Crosby, because I think Max Crosby is a self-starter and a guy that you don't really have to worry about uh, in that regard. But I think having somebody that works just as hard as you, or if not a little bit more, um, you know, when you're Max Crosby, that's going to challenge you a little bit to, to meet that standard as well. And I think we've seen that from Max Crosby. Not that he needed Unique Ngakwe, but, you know, when, when somebody comes into the building and, and, and you're looking at him going, oh, wow, that's kind of where I want to be anyway. Um, how's he doing? What's he doing? And, and is there something that I could do that he's doing to help me? And when you look at Max Crosby, um, I've been blown away with how good a shape he's in, how good he looks out there, how fast he's flying around. We'll see how it translates onto the field. Uh, you know, there were some issues uh, in the run game last year. I think the Raiders are going to give him some help in that regard. Uh, but looking at him, listening to him, watching him, Max Crosby looks like he could be poised for a pretty darn big year. Yeah, I 100% agree with that as well. I mean, he's come in from the start looking like a guy that busted his tail in the offseason. You know, I, I asked him on day one of camp, you know, what he's looking for out there on day one when they're in shorts and a helmet. And he said, you know, basically you're looking for to be able to see, like, who put in the work in the offseason and who didn't. You know, who's tired, who's dogging it. And like, Max clearly was not. He leads every drill out there among the defensive linemen. He's always talking 
always cheering guys on, things like that. And he's always working on his craft. Even when other stuff's going on, you can see him working moves and stuff like that. And I think, like you mentioned, having a guy like Unique in there that he can kind of look up to and learn from is huge for him. But also from the competitive standpoint of like, look, Max has established himself as that dude along the defensive line for the Raiders. Well, okay, now you bring in a guy like Unique who's done it at a high level. And so competitively, Max is going to want to be better than him in each of their drills and the things that they do. And I think that's where that can bring out that next level of him. I know he would probably never say it in that sense, but he wants to be better than him. He wants to be that top dog along the D-line. And so I think that's where that will bring out even more of the fire in Max, if that's even possible, to make him even more fiery, I guess, if that's the way to put it. No question. We're talking to Jesse Merrick uh, from News uh, Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the local NBC affiliate. You could follow him at Jesse News 3LV. On the other side of the ball, and where I think that talking about Unique and Cogway, uh, talking about Max Crosby, Clee Farrell, uh, and Carl Nassib, uh, those defensive ends, I think where that also helps is the offensive line, a rebuilt younger offensive line. It's only going to strengthen the offensive line if the defensive line is bringing it on a daily basis, which they are. Uh, and I specifically want to talk about a young right tackle by the name of Alex Leatherwood, who, oh, by the yeah. way, sure seems to be holding up pretty darn well against some pretty good darn players uh, that he's buttoned heads with on a daily basis, you know, rep after rep after rep. Uh, I've been really impressed with Alex Leatherwood. Uh, I sometimes zero in on him, uh, kind of blown away about how quickly he gets off the line of scrimmage. Um, impressed by when he gets his hands on somebody, it's over with. He wins that battle like 99% of the time. He's so big and strong. Uh, I think that the Raiders, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think they may have found a pretty darn good new addition to their uh, offensive line and young Mr. Uh, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, what have your, been your impressions of, of him? Yeah, you know they're hoping they definitely did so they can shut a lot of people up and say he was a reach, that's for sure. But uh, I, I agree. I've, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him thus far. You know, he, he has been that guy that once he gets his hands on you, good luck because he, he's a big dude. He's got the feet that fall along with it, and he, his strength really does show. That was one thing that stood out to me in the run game, the way that he's able to move people. I've seen him put a couple guys down on the ground when they put the pads on. And he, he hasn't seen phase. Obviously, I, I think it was day one of pads. He, he jumped off sides a couple times and, and things like that. And, and maybe had his first, like, quote-unquote, rookie moments. But it's like, good, he's human. Like, right. Uh, Bolton said that the fact that they had installed, like, 400 plays in two days and the kid didn't skip a beat. Like, if I keep hearing that, I'm waiting, like, okay, like, are they just gassing this guy up? Like, what's the deal? There's got to be something wrong here. So to see him make a mistake, as weird as it is, I think was a good thing. And then – to see him kind of continue to go to work. All the guys have said that all he does, is he doesn't talk, he comes in, he gets to work, gets the job done, and, and he just already kind of has that pro attitude. Kind of, you can get, uh, note it to come from a place like Alabama where it's a pro football factory. So I've, I've been really impressed with him. He doesn't look out of place. You know, sometimes you see rookies come in, no matter what position group it's in, and they stick out like a sore thumb. You're like, oh, yeah, that's that rookie. I, it hasn't been the case with him at all. He has looked the part. In pass block and things like that, obviously he needs some work. You know, his, his game is being that run-stopping guy, but he still hasn't looked like, man, this guy really needs some help in pass protection. Like, he's still holding his own. It's not like he's getting destroyed or anything like that. So I've been excited from what I've seen from him. Again, same thing. You want to see what he's like out there when the bullets really start flying. But I, so far, I think that he is ready and the Raiders are ready to show that they made the right pick there going after him. 
You know, the Raiders um, invested pretty heavily last year at wide receiver. Uh, Henry Ruggs was, what, the 11th pick overall. Uh, then Brian Edwards gets taken uh, in, a, in the second round, I think it was. Uh, so, they, so they went heavy uh, at wide receiver. They didn't necessarily get the dividends that they were hoping for uh, as rookies. A lot of contributing factors to that injuries uh, front and center uh, for both of those players. Uh, they were dealing with, with uh, physical stuff throughout their rookie years, kind of held them back a little bit. But we move into year two, and uh, Henry Ruggs has already you know, made his presence felt. There's been some nice hookups with, uh, with Derek Carr on some long balls. Uh, he, he just looks uh, like he's bigger and stronger and a little bit more explosive, so we'll see how that translates uh, onto the field. But Brian Edwards um, has kind of been a, a, you know, one of the big hits of, of training camp, and he's already been drawing comparisons to guys like Terrell Owens and, you know, uh, um, Ad, Devontae Adams, uh, Derek Carr's former running mate over at Fresno State. You know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit on the comparisons. This is a guy that caught 11 balls last year as a rookie. But nevertheless, when you look at the physicality, when you look at the size, when you look at what he does, uh, being able to go up and get the ball, contested balls, uh, fighting uh, defenders off uh, and coming down with it, you know, it's not hard to imagine that this guy can is, is, is putting himself in position to have a pretty good second year. Um, what have your thoughts been about Brian Edwards as you watch him at, out at training camp? Yeah, I, Brian Edwards has put on a great camp thus far. I'm with you. We definitely got to pump the brakes on these comparisons because I think that's setting up, you know, unfair, you know, expectations for the guy. I've seen Terrell play in person. I was in, uh, you know, being from Ventura, as you are as well, you know, the Cowboys train in Oxnard. I grew up going out there. So when he was with the Cowboys, I saw him a lot. That dude, you see him out there, he looks like a tight end. He just looks different. Brian Edwards doesn't have that same look to me. But the way that Terrell ran so violently in, in his routes and things like that and the way that he played, that's where I think maybe the comparisons are. So I think we should pump the brakes on that a bit. But he has showed up big time. The thing that I've been really impressed with with both him and Ruggs, the fact that Darren Waller was out the last two days of practice that we were there, and both of them stepped up. And the coaching staff was like, hey, look, we're going to change the script and start feeding you guys the ball more. And you start seeing them make plays and emerging. And that, I think, is a huge, huge thing for Raider Nation to realize that these guys stepped up when their number was called. One thing that also stuck out to me, uh, the first day that Waller was gone, uh, Brian Edwards had a deep, uh, I believe it was a post in the middle of the field. He was, you know, open, had beat, his, had beat the DB and dropped it in the end zone. And he was so mad, he screamed out a word that I can't repeat on the radio. And... I, I was excited to see that because I'm like, this is a guy that's so fired up and so mad that he dropped the touchdown pass in practice on August, I think it was like third or second, whatever it was, was so mad about that one rep that like he was so fired up and wants to be perfect every time. And that's what you want out of a young receiver. You don't want some guy that just shrugs it off. It's like, well, okay, I'll get him next time. Like he even said in the press conference when he was available, like those opportunities don't come up all the time. You got to come down with all of them. So like that's the attitude you like to see from the kid and to see him continue to do well the next day where after he dropped that one. and didn't have a bad day just because he dropped the one, but come back the next day, come back with a couple big uh, catches and use his body and show that physicality. That's got to fire people up for what he brings to the table for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the two days without uh, Darren Waller and, um, you know, uh, out of necessity, Derek Carr, you know, didn't have big 83 to throw to, so he's looking for other guys. And uh, don't think for a second that those aren't going in Derek Carr's memory bank. The guy's kind of an encyclopedia. If you ever talk to him about his you know, love for the Lakers, I mean, he's got knowledge upon knowledge upon knowledge stuck in that uh, brain of his. And 
this type of stuff is front and center. And don't think for a second that there won't be a time, you know, uh, against the Denver Broncos or the Kansas City Chiefs or whoever the Raiders are playing where he won't harken back uh, to a practice rep uh, and see a similar matchup between a Brian Edwards or a Henry Ruggs looking at the same look that he saw in practice and remember the time that he made the throw and they went up and got it uh, and and rely on them as as a result. So uh, so it go, it's two it's kind of two uh, you know uh, double pronged. You have those guys gaining yeah. their com- the confidence, but then also Derek Carr uh, uh, beginning to trust those guys. To a point where, when it gets out onto the real in the real thing, he's going to trust those guys. No, one hundred percent. Because that's the thing. Look, at the end of the day, all you've got to play off is past experiences to kind of predict whatever's going to happen in the future in those instances. And they're building those those uh, you know bonds right now in practice for crunch time for whatever it is, so that Derek knows, hey, look. And he did say it in the press conference. He's like, look, if I go to him, I'm going to go to him again. If he doesn't do it the first time, I'll maybe give him one more shot. Then after that that's where you make that mental note of this guy can't do it. But it's the same way, like you mentioned, if they continue to make plays, he knows, hey, look, I can throw it up to him and they're going to go get it. Um, or I can come to him on this play. Or, or just simply the fact of getting those reps, like Derek has said, I, I believe he was talking about rugs and his understanding with the offense and having more of an idea of not necessarily going out there and reacting to what the defense does, but going out there and knowing pre-snap, this is what the defense is going to do, so this is what I have to do in order to beat it. Knowing that Derek and him can have those conversations, that already elicits, you know, the confidence in him as well throughout the game and stuff like that. So he makes note of all that stuff for sure. And that's big because, look, when it comes down to it, you have nothing but your muscle memory to rely on in those moments because you have a split second to make that decision. You can't have any sort of second guessing of yourself, especially as a quarterback. So having that trust is massive in the sense of, Look, people want Derek Carr to take more chances and things like that and throw the ball down the field. That's the thing that I hear Raiders fans complain about all the time. Well, in order to do that, you got to have confidence you guys are going to do it. And so far, he seems to have that confidence because he's taken plenty of shots down the field in practice, which obviously is scripted to do so. But building that relationship and the rapport with those guys opens the door to do that in the game. So I think it's going to be a lot more exciting offense in the sense of pushing the ball down the field for sure. And, uh, oh, by the way, that goes two ways. Uh, if you're not getting it done, he's going to remember that, too. Uh, so, uh, and, and don't expect the ball to come your way in an important situation if you haven't shown him that you can do it. That's just the way that works. Uh, Jesse Merrick, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. You know I always appreciate it. I will see you uh, bright and early tomorrow morning uh, at uh, the practice facility in, in Henderson. Um, talk to you then, and uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Good time chatting with you, man. See you at 6 a.m. All right, you got it. That's Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel 3, the local NBC affiliate here in Las Vegas. You could follow him, and I urge you to do that at Jesse News 3LV. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Embajador Tequila. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Hey, real quick, uh, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bajador. i got a couple of uh, announcements to make. Number one, uh, starting next Friday uh, and indefinitely from that point on, uh, we are going to be doing In the Huddle live uh, from the Golden Circle Sportsbook over at the Treasure Island. Um, it's the Golden Circle Sportsbook and the show, obviously, 4 to 6 p.m., uh, if you haven't been down there, you have to check it out. They've got free parking, a 60-foot video wall. Uh, that's truly unbelievable. Uh, uh, 
great drinks, uh, specials, $18 domestic domestic beer pitchers, uh, $10 cocktails, $8 draft beers. Uh, I'll be out there beginning next week, Friday, uh, September 13th, the day before uh, the Raiders host the Seattle Seahawks. Man, it's crazy to say that. Uh, the day before the Seahawks come to town to play the Raiders over at Allegiant Stadium. So please join us at the Treasure Island starting next Friday uh, and every Friday uh, beyond that. But also, uh, in addition to that, uh, starting on September 12th, uh, we are going to start doing some Raider uh, Nation rally parties over at the Rockstar Bar uh, on Las Vegas Boulevard. Um Basically, it's going to be uh, the day before games, and uh, it's starting on the 12th um, of September, the day before, obviously, the Raiders host the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football, uh, from 5 till 8 p.m. on the 12th, and then every day before every game uh, from that point on through the rest of the season in terms of home games. Uh, Every home game that the Raiders are playing at Allegiant Stadium, the day before, we're going to have a Raider Nation radio uh, rally party uh, at Rockstar Bar. We're going to have uh, raffles, Q&As with myself. I think Q Myers uh, is going to be out there with us uh, as well. Uh, giveaways, um, lots of music, obviously. Uh, great food. Uh, Embajador Tequila is going to be out there. Uh, great drinks, uh, all of that. So uh, starting on the 12th of September uh, out at Rockstar Bar, I want all of, uh, you know, all of our listeners uh, at here you know, at Raider Nation Radio uh, to come join us uh, the day before the first game, official game at Allegiant Stadium, uh, and then every home game after that. We want to get together. We want to get to know you guys. We want you guys to be able to get to know us, talk Raider football, talk NFL football. There's plenty of televisions uh, at the Rockstar Bar, uh, so we'll be able to watch typically on a Saturday before a Sunday game, uh, check out some college football, uh, just get to know each other, have some fun, have some drinks, eat some great food. Uh, And then also on the day of home games, uh, the Rockstar Bar is going to be hosting a a Raider Nation uh, uh, watch party. Uh, If you don't have tickets to the game, go over to the Rockstar Bar uh, to watch the Raiders game uh, that day and all the other NFL games that are that are on t- television. So, for instance, on September 13th from 5 or uh, starting at 1 o'clock, uh, well before that because uh, there's the 10 o'clock games as well, uh, go check out the games over at Rockstar Bar, um, you know, and, and, and you know, a, a great chance to watch uh, Raider games in a great atmosphere. Uh, so September 12th is the first uh, Raider Nation rally party uh, at Rockstar Bar the day before the Raiders host uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to be out there. I want to see all of uh, our listeners come out, whether you're here in Las Vegas or, or coming from out of town to go watch the game. Please join us. I'll be promoting this uh, throughout uh, up until a moment. In addition uh, to the show that we do on Friday nights over at the Treasure Island, a lot of great things are happening here at Raider Nation Radio. We want you to be a part of it because this you are why we do this. Uh, and it's high time uh, now that hopefully COVID-19 starts clearing up and, and things start opening up or continuing to stay opened up. Uh, let's meet face-to-face, uh, chug down a couple of cold ones, talk some Raider football, talk some college football, some NFL football, uh, have a lot of fun, uh, and just enjoy uh, what's going to be a great atmosphere the, the next day over at Allegiant Stadium and, and just everything that Las Vegas has to offer. Uh, so we'll be talking about this in the days leading up, but keep that, keep that in, the, in the particular file. Uh, do want to see uh, all of Raider Nation, as many of you guys uh, as possible, uh, come out and, and, and join us. Really looking forward to it. But we're talking about uh, the signing of the recent signing of Gerald McCoy. 
uh, the Raiders are taking a flyer on the veteran defensive uh, tackle uh, from Oklahoma, has had a great career, six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, a, a guy that brings, if he has some juice and some gas left in the tank, uh, he's a guy that's going to be able to help uh, you know, the Raiders. Now, there's been some speculation. I know I've gotten questions about this uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, you know, I don't know where it got started, but uh, it seems some people think that maybe the Raiders are a little bit down on Solomon Thomas. He's not you know, big enough to play the, D, the, the, um, the uh, three technique uh, defensive tackle position. Uh, all I know is I've checked in on all that, and all I'm hearing is that the Raiders really like Solomon Thomas. I don't think that the McCoy signing is any indication of any negative on Solomon Thomas. In fact, I'm hearing the opposite. They really like Solomon Thomas, uh, so I would expect his role to, to stay intact. Uh, they'll find a way to get Gerald McCoy on the field uh, if he can contribute, if he shows them that he can contribute. Again, you know, you go back to what Gus Bradley talked about. Uh, you know, when we've talked to him, going all the way back to his, you know, first day on the job, talking to him during OTAs uh, here at training camp, he wants to come at people in waves along the defensive line. There's various reasons for that. Chief among them, you want to put as many good football players uh, as possible on the field uh, as, for as many snaps as you possibly can. Why? You want to get to the end of the games uh, having guys that still have some juice left in the tank uh, in order to get after people when the Raiders need it most at the end of games and the end of seasons, really the time where they haven't had that these last couple of years, when they've had to have it most along that defensive line, on that defense, uh, late in seasons. Uh, now they want to put themselves in a position to do that. A guy like Gerald McCoy uh, could help that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bonhoeffer.